Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show with Chick Hunter. 60 minutes of audio on the internet. And now, to start things off, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world. Why? Web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. Welcome one and all to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. I hope everyone's doing as well, you know, as can be, I guess. Uh, I myself, though, am fabulous. Yes, that's correct. With me, as always, is my longtime co-host, Mr. Chick Hunter, who, you know, maybe I've not said this on the air previously, is indispensable to me and this program. Thank you, Spud. No, you've never said anything like that on or off the air before. If only it's true. It is is greatly appreciated. Yeah. You deserve it, okay? yeah, what can I say? It would be too tough to do this whole thing by myself. And besides, that'd be boring as hell, too. Well, I am pretty sure you could do it by yourself. I mean, you did a bunch of TV episodes for Fox without me years ago when I was married. And you know, Sherry wasn't crazy yeah. about me being around you. I definitely <laughs> remember Sherry. Yeah. That was one of your divorces that was like a no-brainer. No kidding. I mean, what, what guy would stand for not being able to get Cinemax? I know. I mean, we, we never should have gotten married. I can get it now in my room at my parents, but my mom lately won't let my dad and I watch it on the living room TV. I guess my dad has had some problems coming to bed at night when he starts watching Cinemax after dark. My, my mom got tired of coming down early in the morning and seeing him asleep in his chair with his mouth open, snoring, and naked women were on the screen. Got a little old after a few years. Yeah, I, I don't blame her on that one. It, uh, your dad needs to know when to call it a night, so, man. So, so can, I, can I ask why you seem a bit upbeat well, tonight? I, I, you know, I know you have severe mood swings, and we have discussed them on the air before, but yes. this particular mood seems a little different. Well, well, I can I can tell you it's not from any prescribed medication. That's right off. I gotta, I'll gotta. i just tell you that. Right. I'm, I'm putting those on hold. Now, I've been feeling pretty good lately, as I think I may have found like a healthy outlet Weird. for my displaced anger and resentment. You, you remember that woman that, that called a few oh, weeks ago? Woman. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and she thought that I needed to find some way to express my emotions uh. rather than dumping on you or the others in my life. Well, I think she was on to something. So, did you finally become a Scientologist? Wow, I did not see that Seriously. one coming. You said they were all whack jobs. No, I'm not a Scientologist. Mormon? Jeez. No. Amish? I, I just found a, an activity, an activity to help relieve my sometimes raw innermost feelings oh. before they can cause me to like lose my cool. Oh, you mean your tantrums are history? Oh, I well, know I speak for everyone no. in the studio when I say, thank God. I, I think tantrums is the wrong word to use, but I found there are better ways to express my frustrations. Hissy fits? I've, I've only been doing this for like a couple weeks and wasn't going to say anything yet, but... Joining this fight club what? has been fight? the best thing I have done what? in years. You joined a fight club? <laughs> Jeez, but you don't like to get punched in the face. Remember well, when that drunk guy in the band sucker punched you? Yes. You said that was the first and last time you ever want to get punched. Well, well no, we have certain rules in our fight club. Think, things are more controlled physically and emotionally. Okay. We don't actually punch each other in the face. You know, the rule is we can only slap an opponent in the face. What? No fists at all. You know, one punch huh? and you are booted out of this fight club because dentists are really expensive. So we use like good judgment during our fights. 
We are with you, Spud, on this one. Getting hit in the face is no fun. I'm betting if fist is headed your way, you will turn and run. Because we heard your rep in Fight Club is one punch and done. Well, this is the first I've ever heard of a slapping Fight Club, Spud. That but, sounds kind of... Yeah, yeah you know, well, really? Well. You want me to slap you right now and see how it feels? Oh, no. You're going to have one rosy cheek for an hour or so. No. Anyway, I need, I need to get going here with the show and... But yeah, I have found this to be an important part of my life right Courtney, now. Courtney, Well, Chloe. you can slap me anytime if you want. I can take a slap, no problem. Uh, well, maybe after the show. We'll find out. Okay. Right now, though, it's time for some music. Cool. All right, this is a band that uh, played this song live on our show at KTZZ many years ago. It's Sky Cries Mary, a very interesting band led by Roderick Romero. Uh, here's their song, Shipwreck. <laughs>
Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. I'm Whitney Cummings, and um, I'm really sorry that you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, we have to take this next call. She said if we don't take her call right away, she's going to kick my ass. Okay, well, let's take it right now. Please welcome friend of the show, one of our favorite people, comedian actress Lisa Lampanelli. Welcome back, Lisa. Well, in my defense, I actually said I'd kick him in the sack, which I think is oh. nicer. Yeah, actually, that was. It was very, yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's that close. Took the edge off there. Yeah, it's kind of close. All right. Um, so we appreciate you calling in tonight, Lisa. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. You know, uh, we spoke with Jeff Ross a few months ago, and I asked him who he feared most on the dais out there on the roast circuit, and, and of course he said you. Um, really? Yeah, oh, of course, of course. I'm so flattered, because I love Jeff, despite his Jewish nature. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a swell guy. Um, but you two are the best in the business in this art form, and uh, you know, I know I'd wet my pants in less than 30 seconds having to face either of you from, I don't know if it'd be fear or laughter. So, um, I, you know, he said he, he actually has taught some classes in in this art form. Have, have you given any thought to maybe instructing uh, the, uh, the uh, uneducated in terms of how to do this properly? Well, I think you either have it or you don't. Like, me personally, I think you have to be pretty likable on stage to be, you know, off stage. You have to be a pretty nice person to be able to do a hard-hitting joke and have nobody get pissed at you. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll just keep all my lovable secrets to myself. Why do I want anybody else to succeed, damn it? That's probably true, although I, I think uh, Jeffrey said he's like Professor Ross when he does it. He actually uh, gets a title or something. His mom might well, like it. Gives, he gives it to himself, much like the way he has sex. Uh, well said. Wow. All right. Hey, uh, if I could ask, um, you're now a single woman. Is that correct? Yes. Lucky in the world. All right. I wanted to get that word out. Uh, so with all the horn dog male comedians out there on the road, do you have to like have someone keep them away from bothering you? Because... You know, that's what happened to people's four, I guess. But. I wish. I mean, I'm 53 years old, so only old dogs are barking up this tree. Or, And also, I'm too old even to be a cougar. I, it's, it's, I've reached the point where I don't even know what I'm going to date, but it ain't going to be somebody my age. I'm going to have to skew way younger. So maybe the, the young men of Washington State can come out and line up for LL. Well, you know, Lisa, truth be told, I've seen your promo photos uh, recently, and... Uh, I think you're being quite modest, but I, I guess I'll let that pass because I don't want I don't want you to turn on me or anything. But uh, no, no, no. Thank you, though. No, I am glad I approved everything because I have I had to you know lose all this weight. You know, I lost 107 pounds, which is pretty good. I mean, that's like four Sarah Jessica Parkers. Yeah. So I had to get the weight off to be more healthy, but in the long run, you end up feeling happier and more confident. And I could get a dude or two. I think. I think someday I'll be ready. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. So let's just take it from me. I know these things. Um, so how do you think a marriage of two stand-up comedians, though, would work out? I was just curious, because I know a number of people date within the industry, but being married, that would seem to present some hurdles, like, you know, uh, who would get to finish the punchlines and stuff like that. Am I mistaken on this, or would it be, a, you know, would it be tough? I'm, I think you're absolutely right, because I don't remember any successful couple that are both stand-ups. I, I might be blanking somebody out, but I think you have to have one supportive person and one needy person, and the stand-up's always a needy one, because that person needs attention all the time. Right. So you just need that wind-beneath-my-wings kind of guy. Like, uh, for instance, uh, I would like somebody who just stays home, does nothing, but has their own money. I don't think that's a lot to ask, but yet two stand-ups in the same relationship, uh-uh. My uh, ex-husband used to say, one headshot per family, and that usually is what works. 
Uh, that's interesting. You know, I have no problem staying home. And how about you, Chick? I, yeah, it's you, the money part. That, yeah. No. Ah, there you go. That's where I get tripped up every time. I find lots of guys who just want to stay home, but none of them with that cash. Yeah, there you go. All right, super. Spud, whatever you do, don't get Lisa mad at you. She will tear you apart. No, she's one of the sweetest people in show business. Oh, you say so, but you know how you wilt under pressure when people take shots at you. Your mom is right. You need to develop thicker skin. All I know is much more fun to be the person delivering the shots than taking them. So you can forget me ever going on a roast. I could teach you how to take the verbal punishment and still not let it totally destroy your sense of worth as a human being. I have quite a bit of experience in this area. Hey, we spoke previously about your confrontation with the Westboro Baptist Church and your extremely generous donation to the gay men's health crisis for every yes, protester yes. that picketed. So here's my question. Um, and by the way, let me still this out one more time. What, what was that figure you donated? What's what, hun? What was that figure you donated again for our listeners who didn't oh, catch up? Fifty thousand dollars because I said I donate a thousand dollars for every uh, protester that showed up, it's, uh, and forty-eight came. So I thought it was going to be about twenty, uh, but nope. Uh, God hates me. So forty-eight showed up, and I just rounded it up to fifty and gave them fifty grand. Well, that was very, very swell. So yes, my, indeed. My question to you is this: Do you think church leader Fred Phelps ever made it to heaven after he kicked the bucket in May of this year? Because I'm thinking he might be pretty bummed out about where he really is right now. Right. I think he's definitely getting cornholed by the devil. That's there just my feeling. There you go. I teed that one up. All right. Super. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Lisa, you once wrote for Rolling Stone magazine in your area of expertise was interviewing hair metal bands. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was actually an editor at Rolling Stone, but I was uh, a writer for different heavy metal magazines on the side. Okay. And I interviewed all the worst bands. No one ever gave me good guys. It was always like, hey, Lisa, Slaughter's in town. Hey, check out Cinderella. I mean, come on. Why don't they give me a great, like, the Scorpions? Come on, man. I'm the metal mama. That would Yeah, that would have been tough duty. So I was wondering, what would your take when Nirvana essentially buried those bands alive after Nevermind was released? It was, it was a pretty quick death. Sadness, elation, or ambivalence? How'd you feel? Probably I felt it was meant to be because that was right at the time I said, I can't stand doing this anymore for a living. I want to do comedy. So it all worked together. Me and Kurt Cobain were on the same page, except he actually would give it to Courtney Love where I just like to punch her in the face. Yeah, I think, yeah, you might have to get in line. There's a few people up here that feel similar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A few. Okay. Um, so you did Trump's Apprentice show a while back, and I believe you lasted quite a while, the final four, before before you were being, I guess you were told by that wonderful human being you were fired. So Right, right. My question is, uh, Did was there anyone on that cast that you really got pissed off about, or was it all really in just good fun? Oh, no, no, I hate everybody. There you go. It's like, right. I love Penn Jillette and Adam Carolla because, you know, we're comics and we, you know, just get it. But no, everyone I fought with, it was totally not faked. It was totally sincere. Uh, there was actually an article recently where they did the top 10 fights in the history of the show, and I was the top three. So I was very honored. Because wow. that Lou Ferrigno, man, he was horrible. Then there was that dummy Miss Universe. And uh, just Victoria Gotti. I had to worry about her stuffing me in the trunk of her Lincoln Continental. So, yeah, it was all crazy. Wow. Now, did the, any of the grudges carry over? I mean, the grudges are always fun. But are anything still oh, yeah, good? I hate them all. Honestly, I talk on stage about all of them. I can't stand them. Hey, Spud, I think Lisa's going easy on you, so you can probably relax. I mean, if she was going to unload on you, she would have already done so by now. I think you're right, but until this thing's over, I'm keeping my guard up just in case she, you know, she could sucker punch me with a quick jab of uh, my lack of, true. you know, a full healthy head of hair or even my slight overbite. All she needs is a small flaw and she could torch me good. 
Thank God she seems to be in a good mood right now. You know, I would take a bullet for you, Spud. If she does start on you, I will jump in and distract her. If that means I have to endure a few insults, well, that's what friends are for. Actually, that's what co-hosts are for. Yeah. So speaking of, of Donald Trump, I know I, I interviewed him a few years back. Um, more than a few years, but uh, here's my question: How how small do you really think his penis is? Because well, let's put it this way: He has to build enormous things every once in a while. So I think that kind of that that seals the deal. He has a lot to prove. Let's just say uh, his Trump Tower is not spectacular. Okay, and uh, you would know. You spend some quality time with him. All right, super. Um, huh? So losing Joan Rivers this year was a big loss to the comedy world. I was curious what influence, if any, she did have on your career. Well, you know, I think she had an impact on every woman who is kind of edgy and body because somebody always has to do it first and somebody always has to do it right. And she did it that way. And also she stayed really current, which shows that just because you're in their 70s or 80s doesn't mean you can rely on old jokes and, you know, old references. I mean, she knew what was happening in this day and age and with entertainment. So, yeah, it was definitely the chick who kind of broke the barriers for all of us. So that was a terrible thing that happened. Yes, it was. Um, I, I also understand, like, way back, like, the, the Dean Martin roast had a kind of a big uh, uh, impact on your career. Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to, as little kids, watch those Dean Martin roasts with my folks, and I thought that was what comedy was. I was like, oh, it's just sitting around with your friends making fun. And, you know, you find out years later, half those people didn't even know each other or care about each other or more enemies. But like, it just looked fun and it looked warm and like something I would want to do. So probably that's why my comedy sort of gravitated towards that style. Mm -hmm. All right, super. Um, so what's the status of the one-woman Broadway show that you've had in development? Because a lot of people are asking that question. Uh, I couldn't answer it. Yeah. What did you yeah, I got yeah. Uh, two offers for Broadway theaters, which was really nice. And unfortunately, the timing was bad because of gigs. And um, you know, I, my father had been uh, uh, diagnosed with cancer, so we were oh, going through that. So uh, I said to myself, well, two Broadway offers, it's like having the, you know, the high school quarterback ask you to the prom. So I go, that's cool. And somebody else, uh, another Broadway offer would come if it's supposed to. So we're just waiting and seeing what, it, what develops. But yeah, it's out there that offers are coming in. So last question, uh, what's been your most memorable moment in the last 12 months? Most memorable? Yeah. Can you pull the story out? Huh. Let me think. It was probably when I, in a little bitch move to get Jimmy to divorce me, decided to cut all my hair off because he hates short hair. Oh. And that's such a woman thing to do, isn't it? It's like pick a fight with a guy so he cheats on you. So, of course, oh, hold on, that's my terrible dog. Oh, Parker, cool. shut cool. up. Is that Parker? My names are after Sarah Jessica Parker, and he's just as much of a big mouth. Get downstairs. See, Hi. that's what the Lampanelli house sounds like. He's high maintenance, so, too, huh? He is. I'm telling you, we're, we're cut from the same cloth, right. <laughs> but he's prettier than me. So, uh, yeah, so I, I cut off all my hair. Jimmy liked it anyway, so I actually had to, you know, man up and tell him I wanted a divorce instead of just hinting at it with hairstyles. So that was probably my, my most memorably stupid thing I've done. Is that all done? Is that a done deal? Everything's taken care of on that issue? Yes, and thank God oh, I, I went out with him and his new girlfriend last Monday night. We had a blast. She's perfect for him. She, he's a great guy. He just We weren't right together, so that's why the divorce was pretty easy. And he uh, he got the money from the prenup. It was very minor because I was smart enough to have right. a prenup because I'm rich. Right. And uh, it all worked out. Now I'm out there and he's doing well. So no hate, thank goodness. 
All right, well, once again, I don't need to say it one more time, but yes, you are out there, and I, I can I gotta believe there are a whole lot of men interested in you. Uh, I got that's just my own opinion. As stated previously, you are one of our favorite guests, and we really want to thank you for taking the time to check in with us tonight. Okay. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, hope, and we're looking forward to speaking to you again. So there you have it, Lisa Lampanelli. like that like in my life and my looks i could always get an ugly chubby disgusting white or a hot black guy i could get ll cool j or jared from subway but sex is fun do you enjoy the sex do you talk hispanic in bed like you know give me your wallet give me your wallet i love that Black guys talk wild in bed. You know what I'm talking about, Tyrone. They talk some crazy <laughs> Because I'm an older white bitch, so I was used to whitey, and all of a sudden I'm banging this black guy. He's like, now that's what I'm talking about. Now that's what I'm talking about. What's my name, bitch? I'm like, I don't know. You just got paroled yesterday. <laughs> Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please greet Levi Fuller and the library. Gentlemen. Hey there. All right. Um, so, Levi, as the head librarian, and I yes. know for the record, I'm the first person to ever lay that on you, please identify the other members of the band, please. Uh, yes, uh, we have uh, Jonathan Wooster on the bass guitar and also singing backups, and then Decker Dean on the drum kit. You guys want to say something to verify you're there? Hey, how's it going? All right. Here I am, Decker Dean. All right, super. All accounted for, Spud. So, you guys have a unique sound. Uh, it's kind of folk rock music, kind of and heavy at times, with a kind of very Americana vibe. Uh -huh. Who are the major influences with the band? Um, God, I, you know that's one of those questions that I should just have a total go-to to. But I, I, I don't know. I listen to a lot of music, and I feel like. Um, I don't know everything. There's a band called Caliphone that's one of my favorites that, mm -hmm. that sort of has that sort of creepy, uh, dark acoustic vibe. And then there's I mean, seriously heavy, heavier bands like Fugazi or uh, Queens of the Stone Age. You know, pretty wide range. Creepy's good. Creepy's All right, good. Oh, that's cool. Um, where, hey, where do you see the distribution of recorded music going in say 23 years from now? I know you've been in in and around the music scene for quite a while, and, and I know you're originally from Boston, but yeah. down in the Northwest. Yeah. Will bands be releasing albums? You know. That's Down a, the road, or what do you think? Everything can be individual singles. What, what do you think? That's like 23 years from now. Yes, so exactly. 23 years ago was 91. Mm -hmm. That's things, good. Things have changed. He's a savant. Yeah. Wow. Things wow. have changed a lot, but at the same time, people are still, for now, people are still making records and even putting out CDs and yes. touring. Yes. Um, it's it's really hard to buy. I sure hope people will still be making albums because I, I think the album is is an important art form and it's. In and of itself, I, I like singles as well, and mm -hmm. it's nice that we can hear anything whenever we want and hear whatever individual track we want. But um, okay. it's pretty hard to imagine what things would be like in 23 years. And that's why I asked it because I'm a professional. Yeah. I try to push the boundaries. Um, so, um, what do you guys do in your spare time? Do you guys like all belong to a book club or something? Because you all really seem well read. You really, really well read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I might be the bigger reader in the group, but uh, I, I read a lot. Um, I actually also belong to an organization called the Bushwick Book Club in Seattle, which is a bunch of uh, 
book reading musicians. I who, nailed it. Who write songs? Yeah, I don't. Be- I've, I've actually never belonged to a proper book club, although I love the idea. I would like to. All right, super. Well, what's the name of the first song you're gonna, you guys are going to do? Uh, it's called Helium Balloon. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Do you want to send it through? Um, I guess. According to Joe's camping somewhere, well, I don't know, way the hell out somewhere, and he said he's going to be out of cell phone range. So Lucky us. Yeah, we yeah. lucked out. He's, he's, he's not speed dialing our studio number tonight so somebody else can get through. So, caller, are you there? Go ahead. Talk. Am I on the air? 
now? Uh, yeah. Uh, live? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, could I maybe get your personal cell number? Mine? Okay, sure. It's area code 253. No, 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 no. Spud's number. Spud's. Seriously. I don't think so, kid. What are you trying to sell? Magazine subscriptions, cookie dough, or gift wrapping paper? What's it going to be? I'm not selling anything. It's not my first rodeo with kids. I just wanted to talk to you. Well? This is the only number I could get to find you, and I'd rather not do this on the air. Well, I, ha- I hate to tell you this, but we're already doing this live on the air right now, and you must, so you might as well get to why you're calling. Hey, no way I'm ever going to pick up my cell phone, so it's either now or never. And, and if you aren't selling something, then it must be something else. What, do you want me to come like speak at your high school class or something about you know the rigors of being a talk show host? That'd be cool. You know, I, I'm really busy right now, but I might be able to drop by sometime. What high school are we talking about? Because my car is like, out of commission right now, and it's getting around a bit of a pain. Well, if his class is early in the morning, you could catch the school bus if it's in your district. I, I mean, you no. do pay taxes. I don't think when so. When you're Courtney, done, I could Chloe? probably borrow my parents' car and pick you up, as, as long as it's not too early. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not calling about you speaking at my school. I don't think anyone like knows you there anyway, but no, this is kind of personal. Well, um, caller, have, have you ever listened to this show? You would know my life is an open book. I share everything. Well, yeah, okay, I mean, not everything, but most <laughs> everything with my listeners. What do you need? Um, I think we might be related, oh. and I wanted to sit down and talk with no, you no, about... No, no, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm aware of all my relatives. Uh, what, are you, what are you saying? Like we're distant relatives? Like a third cousin twice removed? That might be possible, but I doubt it. No, I mean, we might be... I mean, you could be... But I think uh, what he's trying to say here is he might be your nephew or No, something. no, no. I know my sister Sophia was like pretty damn loose, but I, I doubt this could be true because after she had Leah... Um, she got fixed. I know that for a fact. So you got to be mistaking me for someone else. My mom said you'd probably deny it. Deny what? And and who is your mom? Do I do I know her? She told me a few days ago that you were my dad. Well, <laughs> she didn't volunteer this, but I found a bunch of old cards from you or someone who signed them, Spud. I mean, you sure were big on cards back then. Oh, that must have been before you learned to text, but you did used to use a lot of cards. Well, yeah, I used to get so many boxes of them as gifts. I just tried to use them all. Reasonable. You know, a, g- a girl I met in high school told me that the right words handwritten on a card could score you way more points than flowers or candy. And I just Seriously? That, I, really, I just followed that advice for years, and it's worked out pretty damn well. It's a wise so move. what's what's your mom's name? She obviously has got me mistaken here, and I'm sorry she told you that, because I cannot fill that hole in your life of not having a dad, because I have a lot on my plate right now. You have no idea. Have you checked out Big Brothers? Oh, she's pretty sure you're my dad. Mm. I don't want to get into this over well, the phone, but do you think we can meet up sometime to talk? But if this color is your kid, that really will change your life. Are you happy about this? Should I say congratulations or something? Way to go? What? Um, That won't be necessary. There's no way this is true. Hey, caller, I have to go right now, but tell your mom to like friend me on Facebook and I'll set her straight, okay? My mom isn't interested in contacting you. She sort of said you were a dick. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's between you and her. Could be anybody. I just, yeah. want to, I just want to talk to you about a couple things. Hey, that, hey, hey, wait a second. You know, hey, hey, a dick doesn't send a handwritten greeting card to a woman, all right? That is a sure sign of someone who is warm and thoughtful. 
Yeah, I don't even remember what I wrote on those cards. I, whoever I sent them to, I sent so many of them, but I bet they were very touching. I wouldn't know about that, but it seemed like mostly about sex stuff, and I, I really don't want to get into that, okay? Yeah, yeah. So can we maybe meet up somewhere this weekend? Yeah, this is you should take them to the zoo. They had that new polar bear that arrived a couple weeks ago. Hey, hey, kid, uh, give your number to the guy at the board, all right? Hey, he'll write it down, and I'll get back to you. Your, your mom really should go back, though, and reread my cards one more time, and I bet you she would then never, ever call me a dick, all right? I got to go now, all right? Yeah. Wow. This means that you'll have to go go to back the school, to school night now and teach him how to drive, nah, maybe I, shave, I don't even, even want to talk about deodorant. that stuff. He's not my kid, okay? I'm going to straighten this thing out. Right now, we need to uh, check out my clip of the week, okay? Right. Our clip this week for this show is a brief tutorial on ethnic assimilation in the southwest region of this country, specifically the state of Arizona. Um, this bit of sage wisdom bestowed on us by one Glenn Beck, who uh, seems to be quite fearful that one of our states will soon uh, be run over by people from that other side of the border, i.e. Mexico. And, and I, I don't know, they'll soon claim squatters' rights or something, thus relegating us to uh, like 49 states. I must admit, I did not see this one coming until I, I got the heads up from Mr. Beck. But on the plus side, you know, John McCain will then have to move in, at least temporarily, with his muse and extremely close buddy, uh, Lindsey Graham. I'm guessing Lindsey has some kind of crash pad in both D.C. and South Carolina that has enough room for a guest. You know, I, I, with, that's understanding with the many, many, many cats he has, I know for a fact. All right, let's roll the damn clip. What are they doing to our border? What are they doing to our border? What are they doing to our border? They are making camps. Those, I'm, I'm warning you right now, mark my words, mark my words, mark my words. If it lasts five years, if it lasts five to 10 years, if it lasts five to 10, five to 10, five to 10 to 10 years, you will hear, they'll say exactly the same thing. You know what, they just, we should just give them their own state. Give them Arizona, give them Arizona, give them Arizona. We took it from them in the first place. You mark my words, you mark my words, you mark my words, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. They are making a Palestinian plea, Palestinian plea, Palestinian plea, and you're watching the beginnings of it right now. Mark my words, mark my words, mark my words. That's gonna go all over today and everybody's gonna call me crazy, call me crazy, call me crazy, call me crazy, whatever, whatever. Whatever. Hey, hey, Spud, do they have, like, weight classes in your fight club? I mean, you don't have to fight some 250-pound guy, do you? I mean, you can get slapped silly. Well, there, there aren't weight classes, you know? Really, guys just try to keep right. it as evenly matched as possible. Like, uh, I, I'm not going to fight, like, a dwarf or somebody 6'9 or something. We, we try person? to be fair in our matchups. Are there women in this fight club of yours? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Well... You know, real men don't hit or slap women, okay? But there are a couple ladies who, who have come out to fight night and asked to participate. Um, but Seriously. No, one, no one's going to take them up on mm. in the offer. And to be honest, at least one of them I know could kick my butt. I and I'm not worry. embarrassed to say that, but Fight Club really is not about males exploring the primal realities of mankind. It's not. Yeah, but it's more fun to win than to lose, right? Well, okay. Blah, blah, blah. I cannot lie. Uh, winning is the best. You know, we have agreed upon score a uh, scoring system in the club, and so far I have five wins against two losses. And I should have won them all, huh. but as you know, I really can't take a slap. Uh, well, let alone a punch. So I usually go with like the rope a dope a lot, and it's tough to win. You know, on points without being the aggressor. 
but that strategy worked for Muhammad Ali, but you're not him. I mean, the chances of it working for you are quite slim. So to stick and jab or the prospect of you actually winning are beyond dim. Float like a butterfly, you sting like a bee. <laughs> Can I ask where you guys hold your fight club at? I mean, do you well, sell tickets? Or no. Can anybody go? It moves from week to week, so the cops, you know, don't have a clue about it. Oh, like street Like racing. one time we had it in like a parking lot of a Denny's around 3 a.m. or so. And, and after we were done, we all went in for breakfast. It was a blast. Uh, you know, I really miss the camaraderie of being with a group of guys all sharing in the same experience. I, I used to meet this need on my bowling team, but lately I'm just not feeling it. I think it mostly has to do with this new guy we let on the team. Well, really loud, words too much cologne. That guy you've been complaining yeah, about. Yeah, you can yeah. smell him the minute he walks in the bowling area. I don't know exactly what fragrance he wears. One guy said he thinks this guy mixes chaps with Old Spice and maybe a little English leather, too. He totally right, reeks. That's a little bit too much information. Well, good right. bowler, though, but so we deal with you it. You know how I used to be afraid of getting hit you know, like in fights? Yeah, you know, I like, remember. I, I, I just didn't like getting hit in the face, but no. now I know no matter how hard I get slapped, it's not going to kill me, and it will only make me stronger. It's really given me inner peace. I would love to have inner peace, bud. Would you at least consider letting me be in your corner at your next fight? I mean, you know, I've seen every Rocky and Floyd Mayweather fight, pay-per-view fight. Yeah, I know a thing or two about know. the sweet science, you know? No, we don't exactly have, like, knockouts in our fight club. Uh. I mean... A well-timed slap can sting for sure, but we don't have much need for like a cut man or you know or any our trainer in the okay, corner. Well, That's uh, just uh, overkill. Uh, how about Seriously. I, I just, how about I just make sure you keep your mouthpiece in or something, or carry your spit bucket. If they won't let in any new members, then I just want to be part of this in whatever way I can. No. It just sounds like so much fun. Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I can ask the guys, I guess, but any I don't know. Anyway, Good, thanks, right now thanks. we got to get back to the show. Let's see if our next guest is on the line holding. Check it out. Spud, Spud, we got Stephen Lang on the line. Stephen Lang's on the line. Get, get, all right, get, all right, get, all right, get, fine. Get, get. All right, please welcome actor and playwright Stephen Lang to our show. Thanks for taking time to check in with us tonight, Stephen. It's good to be here, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right, now you star in a new film called 23 Blast, uh, correct? Right. Right, okay. Yeah, that's it, yeah. All right, this one's rated PG-13, so people can actually uh, take their kids to this one and not feel like everyone's looking at them for being bad parents. That's a good thing. Well, it's a real good thing, and, they, and I think they should take their kids to see this film. It's a, it's a film about some real uh, wonderful core values. It tells a great story, and it's even greater because it's a true story, and it's a football story. The, um, and it's good to hear something really good about football these days because they've had so much, uh, so much uh, rugged press lately, I guess. Good point. But, uh, the, the, the title, 23 Blast, uh, is, uh, is a play, in fact, uh, that's uh, central to the the story okay and the, the actual the true story deals with travis freeman who was a young football player who contracted a disease that basically caused total blindness and you portray his coach right. correct that's that's absolutely right uh took place down in corbin kentucky a small town where high school football is very very central to that uh to the community and um and uh, i think you know travis's uh misfortune was something that really it kind of hit the heart of the community and then um and then there was a determination that uh, you know what this kid can play center and uh, and that's what he did <laughs> he did wow. it for three seasons super yeah. Um, this, this is your first role I'm taking it as a football coach so is there any particular coach you drew on while developing your character I mean you couldn't go with like rogue NFL coaches like Jimmy Johnson or Barry Switzer but is there anybody that you drew from <laughs> well I mean I've had my own share of coaches over the years I was blessed to have a really 
fine high school football coach right. uh, named Bob Geisinger, but but I can't say that I did uh, draw explicitly on on any one coach for this. It seemed to me that uh, it was pretty strong on the page, and I guess the the coach that I created was the coach that I would like to be, the coach that I would want to have, you know, mm-hmm. if I were playing ball. Because so much of the time, the, the coach in, in, uh, in football films is, is uh, portrayed as kind of a real, you know, guy's spitting nails, kind of a drill instructor. Um, but the thing that struck me about this coach was his patience and his, uh, his heart, the real heart that he had. Oh, so, uh, I, that's what I really went for. Hmm. So that I guess that answered my question. I was gonna gonna hit you with. So you never really, when you got a, you know, you work with the extras playing the players. You never really got into the character and made them do gassers or a couple hundred push-ups or anything. Then ever. No, I made them run laps and do push-ups. Oh, good. There you go. All right. Super. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel better. I wimp out on it. You know. No, but. Uh, but yeah, I. Um, they were great. I mean, we had a we had a team who was down there playing our team and they were just a terrific bunch of young fellas and real good football players and believe me they knew a lot more about the game than I do right. so you know alright super I learned from them well it's fine do you think I should take all of my savings out of the bank and buy gold and silver why are you asking me this right now I saw this commercial on cable last night about a collapse in our economy and the only way to survive is put all your money into gold and silver what? the company sells it to people so they won't be wiped out I don't own any gold or silver except maybe a couple fillings in my mouth that company's just trying to scare people into buying their crap so I should look into copper and aluminum well, well, Stephen, I got to say this. You are a very distinguished actor. Everyone knows that. And a playwright, for those of my listeners who are not fully aware yeah. of your work. I'll give them the fast-forward version just real quick here. A Tony nomination for your work in The, the Speed of Darkness, your, your own play, Beyond Glory, won a bunch of awards, and among many other productions on your of yours on Broadway, you did Death of a Salesman with Dustin Hoffman. Not too shabby, I would say. You know, but I know. I, I once I did. I was, a, I was a young fellow when I did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I think you're being quite modest. I myself auditioned as a, for an extra role in a Neil Simon play at a local community theater. Didn't get the part, but. You should have, though. So I can just, I can just, well, you, you know. Rejection comes with the business. You just got to hang in there, you know, and keep auditioning. All right, super. Um, well, just about everyone on the face of the earth has seen you in the role of Colonel Miles Koritz. Is that how you pronounce your character's name in James Cameron's yeah, Avatar? Yeah, Koritz. Yep. Excuse me. So, in fact, you're signed up for the for three more Avatars, at which, you know, but at the rate that Jim Cameron turns out films, that might take until 2040 before Avatar fans can see something. I don't know if I'm going to last that long. Um, you You'll do- make it, but, but I can guarantee you that, that all the Avatar films will be out in the next three or four years. We're going to release them one at a time, ah, uh, starting in 2016, and uh, you know we're going deep into production after the first of the year. But the gears are all turning, and uh, you know there's a whole lot of pre-production that has to go into making these pictures, and also the scripts have to be just the way that um, that Jim wants them to be. And I think it's going to be a really amazing saga. Myself, excuse me, Spud. Could I ask Stephen Lang how long it took for those actors in Avatar to get their blue makeup off their bodies? I bet they had to use lava soap and really scrub to get it off. That's a really personal hygiene issue that I don't feel comfortable asking our guest here. Well, at least the Smurfs were cartoon characters and didn't have to use anything to get their color back to normal when they were done shooting. Say what? I'll just Google it. Go, go, go back to the interview. So, so Stephen, what's been your most memorable moment as a performer on stage or, or screen? I know you got a thousand. Could you just pull up one? Well... 
might have been when the dude came up on stage to, uh, you know, totally unbidden to you know, show me, kind of give me a, a lecture and tell me how things get done. Uh, I was in Chicago doing a play and I had to remove him from the stage and he was a big dude too. <laughs> that was uh, oh. that was pretty memorable, I'd oh. say, but, <laughs> you know, that was a, that was a, that was one I'll never forget. Anytime there's kind of an interruption that, that you know, breaks into your world because you, you, you're trying to create this whole world on stage. And then when reality comes in, it can be really uh, alarming, I would say. Yeah. Can you still listen to Inagata DeVita and smile? Are you, you're talking about Manhunter, Manhunter aren't you, man? Yeah, oh, I, I can't am. hear it without. No, you're right. I can't hear it without thinking of Manhunter. It's absolutely true. As a matter of fact, I never listened to it for that very reason. That was a very. Uh, that was a long night. Yeah, and I didn't watch that on cable either. I paid money in the theater. Yeah, I watched it with one eye, so I can't see I've seen it. You know, I mean, I kind of had one eye closed during the whole thing. Oh, you got to work with Brian Cox. I mean, cool. Great, great movie. Great movie. Well, absolutely. All yeah. right. Well, Stephen, I know you're busy, so we're not we're not going to hold you. So once again, Stephen Lang will be appearing in the premiere of the Touchdown Productions film Twenty Three Blasts nationwide. Stephen, thank you so very much for taking the time to check in with us tonight. All right, and good luck with the movie. Thank you, gentlemen. Talk to you again soon, I hope. I hope so, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Stronger than dirt. Laundry detergent is stronger than dirt. Stronger than dirt. All right, once again, our musical guests for the evening, Levi Fuller in the library. And before they begin, i got to say, they have a very keen CD out. It's titled, The Wonders That Are. Got 
Spud, we have another call. Do we have enough time to take it? Um, okay, they, they just gave me the thumbs up, so yeah, take the call. Call, are you there? I sure am. How are you two guys doing tonight? Well, you know, if you really want to ask, some kid called earlier and said I'm his dad, so not that good. You know, when the band was playing, I did a little math and came up with a rough figure for back child support, if this thing is true. And so, yeah, I've been better. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not true, though. But worst case scenario, I'll be living soon in my Oldsmobile Cutlass that is not running right now, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I, can, can I jump in here right now? Oh, you better make it quick because we're running out of time, caller. Okay, okay. Well, I have a proposition for you guys. I mean, uh-huh, I know you really? really don't have any sponsors for this radio show. Uh, you know, being on the Internet, I heard it's, it's tough to bring in revenue, right? Well, so I wanted to toss this out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was very aware, Spud. How? Oh yeah. How about I do a few segments each show, uh, short ones, where I try and sell my eBay stuff. Uh, I mean, I would give you or the station a cut, maybe like five percent. After a while, it could really add up, you know. Spud, you told me I couldn't push my eBay stuff on the show. You said I sounded like a desperate whore, and that still hurts a little. Well, you weren't going to kick back anything to me or the show. So let's well, be honest, no. the crap you sell on eBay is worthless. Thermoses and lunchboxes. What'd you get for one of those? Like 75 cents? Uh, I got $235 for my mint condition Johnny Quest lunchbox last week. Uh, I Seriously. still got you at least 
Four hundred bucks, chick. Four hundred bucks, what? right? And I, I have a base of customers who know me and my merchandise. A lot of them are overseas. So what do you say, Spud? Well, it's just kind of tacky to hear someone pitching crap on a talk show. You know, it just sort of cheapens the program. Oh, I, I mean, come on. Do you listen to Limbaugh, Becker, Hannity? They, they push gold and reverse mortgages to the seniors nonstop. They have no shame. Yeah, and well. they are very rich, right? Mm. Uh, we oh. would only sell high-quality products, which are backed with a, my guarantee of a 70% refund, my shipping and handling, if not fully satisfied after 32 hours receiving my stuff. And I mostly specialize in used celebrity paraphernalia. Oh, I like that. Wow. Writing. Wow. I, look, there's a big market for it. And since you have a lot of celebrities on your show, I thought this might work. So, so if we let you do this, what kind of crap would you be selling? Oh, oh, you'll love this. Okay, so I have an autographed pair of undies from Eric Estrada. Oh. It's a pair of you know, white he, fruit he, of the loom, 38-inch. blew us off a couple weeks brief. ago. He wouldn't appear on the show. What's your room and at least two episodes in season three of Chips? Uh, I wore a 34, but I might be interested. How much? Well, I'm asking for a starting bid of $58. That's kind of pricey, don't you think? So do you have anything other than underwear uh, worn by, like, from some fake state patrolman? Anything else? Oh, Jeez. I have a long list of special offers this month. Special offers, okay? One in particular that I'm sure will be quite popular with my customers in Southeast Asia. It is a slightly used Salem Light menthol cigarette used by one Pamela Anderson while on the set of Baywatch. That yeah. one starts at $210. Menthol, huh? You yeah. know, I don't think this is going to work out, Caller. I appreciate the offer, but we really uh, we try to keep the show at least a little classy, and my gut tells me that this type of thing is just too tacky, all right? Wait, wait a second. Are, are you telling me my products are beneath this show? Yeah, basically. Man, so I, I got to go. Watch. I got to go. <laughs> are you, are you, yeah. Oh, hello? Yeah. yeah, I gotta I, go. I gotta go call her. Hey, go peddle your crap somewhere else, all right? Um, let's just take a very brief break and uh, we gotta wrap this show up. Don't go away. Hey, folks, this is Sam Kinison. Hey, didn't you die like 15 years ago? Yeah, I did. And the only thing that brings me back from the dead is to listen to Spud Goodman. You understand that, you whore? Oh, oh! All right, let's get let's wrap this show. I got to get out of here. So, so you haven't said when your fight club is going to meet again. Is it like once a week? We don't have a set day and time. Okay, that's what makes fight club so special. We fight when we feel like fighting. Oh. You know, when enough of us are up for it, we set it up on Facebook. Well, can I at least join your fight club Facebook group then? Well, you would have to get voted in to be allowed access to our Facebook group. And that's something, you know, we take pretty seriously. To be in an exclusive Facebook group is pretty special. I mean, not just anybody's allowed in. Well, I know, I know. I've never been in an exclusive Facebook group where everyone else is not allowed in. That, that's such a cool thing. Do you have any suggestions on how, how I should lobby the members to vote my way in? Well, the members of this fight club are not uh -huh. real people persons. Uh -huh. So I guess the best way to say it is uh, most of the members have some issues. I don't see them voting you in. No offense. Wow. Really? Okay. But I think if they got to know me, they might let me in. 
No, yeah, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I'll, I'll see if they're okay with you coming with me to the next fight night. All right, will that make you happy? Really? Oh, that'd be great. But if you do start bleeding, I will have some gauze pads and Vaseline. Well, you, you know, I have been thinking, and I'm going to be asking the, the other guys, uh, maybe tonight when I was going to get together with them, if they're going to agree to maybe, tonight. if they would agree, I don't know. And maybe you think this is a dumb idea, but I was thinking we would switch from slapping each other around as violence never solved anything and try something different. I don't know. Punching some bully or jerk does feel sort of good. Not like I've been in a fight or anything that's maybe sixth grade. Yeah, well, I'm going to suggest that we maybe switch to a, a trivia competition, you know, because what I get out of Fight Club what? is the aspect of winning, to be able to dominate someone in a head-to-head -head battle. It doesn't have to be physical in nature. Going mono e mono in trivia is about as primal as a Yahtzee game. But this is so tame, it is beyond lame. But if you do this and lose, you know, it will take a very, very long time to shed the shame. A fight club that holds trivia contests? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of weak, don't you think? And you're well, not that great at trivia, but when we try and play at bars, it, you never win. I mean, you've never even come close yeah. to winning. No, I know, but the, the guys in this fight club are not, well, yeah. you know, they're, they're not exactly the best and the brightest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, anyway. Too many punches um, I, I'm to pretty head. sure I would kill everyone, except with science trivia. I, I need a lifeline with that one. Well, if nobody gets hit in the face, I don't think I would be interested in this, to be honest with you. Okay, fine. Suit yourself. Okay, uh, I'm getting the word we need to wrap up. So, I hope everyone enjoyed this show tonight i am spud goodman be all that you can be and i mean that god bless and ciao you have just heard a reasonable facsimile of a radio program if this was not a real radio program you would have been instructed to go to another website in hopes of finding one the spud goodman radio show represents the last line of defense in our ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment get involved together we can make a difference the show is written and directed by spud goodman produced by david brenneman of rosedale audio productions Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Our intern is Trent Botello. And Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Check out Spud's TV stuff on YouTube, his radio stuff on iTunes, NWCZ, or SpudGoodman.com. And follow Spud on all types of social media. Believe me, he's finally getting the hang of this stuff. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of this station, the sponsors, or any other living being except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2014, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
is an hour of the best of Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello everyone, welcome to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. My name is Lawrence and I will be your host for the next hour taking an inside look at what just happened on this week's Spud Goodman Show. I still don't know. Uh, well, we're going to find out here with the help of my my man here, co-host Chick Hunter. He's going to give us a take on what just happened in this show. So Chick, hey, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you, Lawrence? I heard you had to go to your parole offices office today and give a UA. Yeah. No chance it'll be something that could get you off the streets, I hope. We really need you to know now to host this thing. Even Spud is on board with you doing this, as he knows how hard it is to get someone who will work for, well, basically nothing. Well, you know, like I said, I just need that check. You know, even a dollar here and there, that's going to keep him off my back as far as, you know, me being employed and all. You know, I do I do appreciate that, you know, that the case of wheat thins from Costco that Spud tossed my way after last week's show. Oh, yeah, those are my favorite snack crackers when I was locked up at Pelican Bay. Mm. Uh, you know, they Super. sold them in, these, uh, in the commissary there, but, you know, there were these little tiny, teeny packages. And that's just a snack. It, it, that's all it was, just a snack. And, you know, I really should slow down going to town on that whole case. You know, I'm, I'm about halfway through it. Well, it's fun to have some friend who gives them the stale stuff from Costco's that they're probably going to just throw out. Anyway, those wheat things were probably from 2012 or so and headed to the dump. Ah, well, they still taste mighty fine to me. Well, good. Now, you, don't, you don't need to talk to me about stale food, chick, because we ate way older food than that when we was, I was in the joint. You know, a lot of it was stuff that they couldn't give away to those those third world countries, you know, as, as it would pass their food inspections over there. So the state of California, they bought it by the time, gave it to us. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, it's the mother, the mother's cookies. Mother's Those weren't cookies, bad, I yeah. tell you. They, they, they must have some kind of chemical in them to keep oh. them from, uh, to make them immortal. I love mother's taffy cream oh, cookies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah we should probably introduce everybody on oh, the right. panel and That's all. Right. Now, now, we got uh, TJ here on the soundboard and, and on one. Good evening. Uh, engineer. Yeah. Hi. And we got Derek. Derek is back with us today. He's going to be handling hey. our highlight clips. And of course, our two interns, Trent and Anna. Yeah. Super. All right. Now we're going to get right into the music here. First up, we have a band from Atlanta, Georgia, Gringo Star, and their song, All Y'all. And then we have a band that uh, Spud came across. That's the Muckers, who hail from Iran. They even messaged him this week, and that must be a tough place to get their music out there, I you know. Because, so. because, uh, but you can find them on Facebook. It's the Muckers, and here's the song we're gonna play tonight, as if she cares.
the time No matter what we try to do It stays how it is, we can never beg to Take a gun and put it in us So please take a shot, it's not both out of us
uh, right here now. I'm we're here with uh, Levi Fuller in the library. All right, now let's say hello to everybody here, Levi. Yes, sir. Hello. How are you? Let me let me ask you a question here. You ever been to prison? I'm just wondering here. Uh, you know, I never have been to prison. I was actually just thinking the other day. I, it would be cool to try and play it concert at a prison but i've never, oh, never been like to a the prison. man in black know. like the yeah, johnny yeah, yeah. cash yeah yeah now all of you guys you all really well read and all um seriously pretty well read yeah for the most yeah, part for, for the, the most, most part. part with yeah. a name like that yeah that's yeah. good yeah that's yeah. good now away from uh, the band what, what do you what do you listen to do you listen to opera or death metal see i like some death metal uh i don't really i don't listen to opera or really much death metal uh, I like some some stoner metal though. I like some heavy music. You do a little stoner metal, yeah. all right? Now, so, so now, what's your sign? What are all your signs? Uh, I guess I'm a Cancer. A Cancer. Oh, what's December? December. Sagittarius. Uh, Sagittarius, a Cancer, and how about you? I'm a Cancer Leo cusp. That's uh, not super. Cusp, man. So knows, all right. What those things mean. Yeah. That's my wife. She, so, she knows. She tells me all that. Super. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, what? Now, the name of the last song you're gonna be playing tonight. What's that? The name of that? Uh, it's called Freedom Is Slavery, and it's actually uh, speaking of books. It's about. Uh, it's inspired by the book 1984 by George Orwell. Freedom is slavery. Super. And that, that's off of uh, the the wonders that there are. You're, that's you're correct. Cut. All right. We got Levi Fuller in the library.
Did you ever get take that that collection of chicken ceramic things that you had in your prison cell? Did you bring them home with you when you left? The chicken ceramic things? Yeah. Nah, they didn't let me take that. Really? They wanted to, you know, I think one of the guards had their eye on it for uh, a bit. You can't trust prison guards, yeah, can you? Yeah, it made me think of Jerry, I tell you. It was, yeah, yeah, I would kind of miss them. I think about them. I lay awake at night. I thought that say, one with the little pincushion on top was kind of cool. It was, it was. Some said it was cute, but it was a little, you know, I thought it was just nice. Yeah. Super. Now we got Derek. He's going to uh, give us a clip here. Yep, yep. Our first clip uh, for tonight comes from the Lisa Lampanelli interview. And in Spud's interview with her, uh, he talks to her about um, her having a job at Rolling Stone uh, interviewing heavy metal bands, hair metal bands, and uh, about the new guy coming in and uh, kind of taking her spot over and kicking her out of her job. Mm. So Lisa, you once wrote for Rolling Stone magazine and your area of expertise was interviewing hair metal bands, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I was actually an editor at Rolling Stone, but I was a writer for different heavy metal magazines on the side okay and i interviewed all the worst bands no one ever gave me good guys it was always like hey lisa slaughter's in town hey check out cinderella i mean come on why don't they give me a great like the scorpions come on man i'm the metal mama that would yeah that would have been tough duty so 
I was wondering, what was your take when Nirvana essentially buried those bands alive after Nevermind was released? It was, it was a pretty quick death. Sadness, elation, or ambivalence? How'd you feel? Probably I felt it was meant to be because that was right at the time I said, I can't stand doing this anymore for a living. I want to do comedy. So it all worked together. Me and Kurt Cobain were on the same page, except he actually would give it to Courtney Love where I just like to punch her in the face. Yeah, I think, yeah, you might have to get in line. There's a few people up here that feel similar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A few. Okay. So, yeah, the new guy in this case was mm -hmm. uh, Nirvana coming in and kind of taking over and uh, bringing grunge into the scene. It changed things a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, kind of changed the whole dynamic, shifting from the 80s into the 90s. And, you know, uh, Lawrence here has a very 90s Nirvana grunge look going. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of jive with that Nirvana feel. You you were, you were flannel before Neil Young was flannel, weren't you? Yeah, you know, I kind of go way back with the flannel as far as I can. It's the only shirt I own right now. <laughs> You're not Canadian, though, right? I'm half Canadian. Okay, well, I, hey. yeah, okay. You know, yeah. if, if if I was taking over Lisa's spot, I I probably be like Levi in the the band we just had on and do the stoner metal thing. Uh, That's yeah. what I would have been reviewing. You'd have to ask permission though, huh? Because well, she would like. Mm. Speaking of stoner, I think metal, I could take Lisa. Why don't we get uh, Why don't we get uh, going to a little uh, uh, music here? First up, we got a, a well-regarded Northwest band. They're from from a few years ago, the Fastbacks, with a live cut of K Street. And then we got the parrots with I did something wrong.
Spuds, one of Spuds' family members is calling again this week, and there are a lot of them because it comes from a big family. Now, you don't have to take this call if you don't want to. It's his Uncle Steve, and I should probably tell you he's kind of a, well, a strange guy. He carries around a dummy named Jerry with him 24-7, even to the bathroom, and, and no, he's not a ventriloquist. He's just really attached to Jerry. Nah, you know any family of Spud is welcome on this show, Chick. You know, I'm going to put him on. But, but he's not welcome when Spud is the host. He thinks he's really boring. Hey, hey, Carter, you there? Is this uh, Spud's Uncle Steve? Well, yes, it is. We called in the last couple of weeks that you hosted this post-show report, but have not been able to get through before. It seemed to Jerry that someone was just not answering the phone. You that guys is not super. Hi, Uncle Steve. Don't give Lawrence here a hard time. He's had a tough life, and you don't want to push him over the edge. Well, that's kind of why we're calling tonight. Uh-huh. Actually, I was watching uh, Grey's Anatomy, and I was really getting into it. But Jerry here insisted on calling in to speak with Lawrence. He's a big fan of prison TV I shows on cable. Hmm. He can't get enough of them. And he has watched the Shawshank Redemption at least 20 times. Well, I gotta Super. tell you, that's really nice to hear that. Hey, hello there, little fellow. What, now, your name is Jerry? Uh, just a second. I'll put Jerry on. Are you going to take the phone, Jerry? We are live on Spud's post-show report. They don't have all day. Now, come on, don't be shy. You asked me to call in, Jerry. Okay, here he is. Hello, is this the dude that spent seven and a half years in prison at Pelican Bay in California? Was it Supermax or just Max? No, I never was housed in Supermax tiers. See, my classification was such that I was able to get out in the yard each day for, for more than, than just an hour. You know, I wrote a lot of my best poetry sitting out in the yard. You know, Super. Yeah, yeah but how many times did you get shanked? You know, I don't know why everybody keeps asking me about getting shanked. You know, know. I've never really gotten any physical altercations when I was locked up. Wait, actually, I was in the fight a lot more before I was sent up. In prison, it sort of mellowed me out, you know, you could say. Really? Well, that's kind of lame. Here, Steve, you can have the phone back. Jerry, that was very rude. Hey, yeah. I'm sorry about that. He, he sometimes has no filter when he speaks. Yeah, I've heard him say a lot worse things, Uncle Steve. Yeah, no worries. Hey, I'm sorry I didn't live up to the characters your friend Jerry sees on the prison documentaries, but you know how it is with reality TV. They often just juice it up to keep the viewers from flipping the channel and all. I, I mean, does, does anybody want to watch a room full of prisoners discuss classic literature in our book club meetings? Well, I think I can speak for Jerry here and say, probably not. Well, well, tell Jerry that Lawrence once poured a glass of milk on his old bunkmate's head in the dining hall. Hey, 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 hey. he he told me to do that. He was really into public humiliation and all. That was a strange dude, for sure. I thought it was a food fight. Hey, hey, guys, uh, I paused Gray's anatomy, and I'd like to finish up this episode. Jerry here has already gone to his room to surf the web, probably. I can't get him off the Internet, so I'm going to have to go now. All right, that's your thing now. Now, thanks for calling. Yeah, bye, Uncle Steve. Hey, later. Uh-huh. Super. All right. Well, you know, why don't we get back to some music here, huh? Uh, first, we have a band from Provo, Utah. Provo. The Flame. I like saying Provo. Provo. Reminds you of provolone cheese. It does make me think of that mm, cheese, cheese, too. Yeah. I'm kind of hungry. And the moth with sorry. And then we have a Northwest band that's currently on hiatus right now. Shifter with 3 o'clock a.m.
think your heart could save my life I was the only one always running out of love I never walked away is the Spud Goodman post-show report. You got some more for us here, Derek? Yeah, I do. Uh, this week's uh, clip of the week uh, is Glenn Beck warning that very soon, within five to ten years, Hispanics will overrun Arizona and claim it as their homeland. That is not super. Really? Even with John McCain down there? Yeah. I, I mean, he's one person. How can he watch that entire border, man? Oh, that's true. You know, it's... He's doing he's doing God's work, but you know he can only do so much. Hmm. What are they doing to our border? What are they doing to our border? What are they doing to our border? 
They are making camps. Those I'm I'm warning you right now. Mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. If it lasts five years, if it lasts five to ten years, if it lasts five to ten to five to ten to five to ten to ten years, you will hear. They'll say exactly the same thing. You know what? They just we should just give them their own state. Give them Arizona. Give them Arizona. Give them Arizona. We took it from them in the first place. You mark my words. You mark my words. You mark my words. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. They are making a Palestinian plea. Palestinian plea. Palestinian plea. And you're watching the beginnings of it right now. Mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. That's going to go all over today and everybody's going to call me crazy. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Whatever. 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 A lot of plosives in that clip. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll call him crazy. I don't. I don't know what he's so worried about, man. Mexicans got delicious food. Yeah. Oh I know, right? yeah, I like those taquitos and those burritos and those sapitos and, and other Spanish oh. words. You know, they could probably make an entire episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives just by going down to Arizona if Dude. that if that happens. Yeah, For you real, put man. me on that crew. I, the food I would truck capital of the world. Yeah, hit every roach coach in the in the greater metropolitan areas, and man, you got a show. Instead of buildings, it would just all be in all roads, and there would just be food trucks parked alongside. I tell, I'd go on tour on those food trucks, go from one to the another to the another. Oh yeah! Do it I, on a bicycle. I do it on foot. That's on a, a good bicycle. idea because then you can work off all those you know calories that you have ingest. more room for the there next you one. Go. Oh, yeah, you guys See, are making you're thinking me hungry. Ahead. Glenn Beck is looking at it all wrong, guys. I'm telling ah, you. Ah, he's a yeah. Well, he don't know good food. I have lots of words. Always look him. on the bright side. Well, why don't we get back to some more music here? We got a band from Portland, Oregon, East Forest, and their song "Laws." And then after that, we got a classic Seattle band from the past, Gas Huffer with Hijack. Gas Huffer!
We got coming up. We got some more uh, an interview now. We though. have one more clip of the night, and this one was kind of special for me. Are you a fan? Are any of you guys fans of sci-fi movies? Yeah. Well, when I found out that Spud was going to be interviewing Stephen Lang tonight, I pestered him to ask him about the new movies coming out. 
the new Avatar movies. Did, did you get what you wanted? I, I got tasty little tidbits. And cool. Those are the clips from the Stephen Lang interview. Let's roll them. All right, super. Um, well, just about everyone on the face of the earth has seen you in the role of Colonel Miles Koritz. Is that how you pronounce your character's name in James Cameron's yeah, Avatar? Yeah, Yep. Excuse me. So, in fact, you're signed up for the for three more avatars. At which you know, but at the rate that Jim Cameron turns out films, that might take until 2040 before Avatar fans can see something. I don't know if I'm going to last that long. Um, you You'll do- make it, but but I can guarantee you that that all the Avatar films will be out in the next three or four years. We're going to release them one at a time, ah, uh, starting in 2016, and uh, you know we're going deep into production after the first of the year. But the gears are all turning and uh you know there's a whole lot of pre-production that has to go into making these pictures and also the scripts have to be just the way that um that jim wants them to be and i think it's going to be a really amazing saga myself wow yeah so not that long to wait that's very cool all right super yeah um say uh as as uh the three yeah new films so are you jazzed i am okay Beyond stoked. Now, the, what's this film here? You got to tell me about this. Oh, right. Have, you haven't oh, been yeah. around. No, I right, We got to bring him up to speed. Okay. Um, let's see. You were probably around uh, Fern Gully. You've seen Fern Gully, right? No. No? Man. Well, Avatar is basically Fern Gully, but live action. With Fern, like real, yeah. rather than animated. Live action. Like people. they used real people actors rather than animated characters. I mean, there was some CGI animation CGI. but how they put me in the yeah. joint too long yeah, yeah. cgi think about, and live action you remember george of the jungle the cartoon oh, no nah, i'm not okay, there see, 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 well, it's like that jungle, only it's yeah, real george, and george, 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 george. yeah exactly yeah. but it's on another planet and stuff right real Super. On another planet wow that's crazy yeah. crazy we, we should go on a movie binge someday lawrence i would like that i hope you're paying you gotta pay though you yes. know that yeah right? I've, got, I, I've got a netflix account if you guys want to oh. I'll I'll come over. We'll sign that in. Could be and, uh, all right. Yeah, we we'll use your Super. account. Your free free money. Playing yep. with the dirt's house money. I like yep. that. Now why don't we do some more music here, okay. huh? So we got first. We got jail weddings. And that oh. was not nothing to do with you. That wasn't because of you. That, oh, okay. That's good to know. Okay. I did see a couple yeah. of those okay. ones. Now this band here is from Los Angeles, California. My stomping ground with I'm my own man. And following that. We have the Screaming Trees with a cover of the Sonic's classic, Psycho. Let's hit play.
All right, all right. It's that time for me to start wrapping things up around here, yeah. you know. Once again, I got to tell you, I had a great time hosting this show again tonight. Yeah, I got to tell you, you seem to be picking up this radio hosting pretty Quickly. We enjoy having you here. I know Spud said you might be getting too good too fast. He he asked me about what your long term goals were. I think I think he feels a little threatened. Oh, he don't need to feel threatened or nothing because I'm a team player. You know, you ask anybody on my tier at the bay and they would all tell you I have no hidden agendas here. Okay, they said that about Percy Harvin too, but you know. Well, yeah, you know, you had to go if you had to go. I did, I did. Yeah, but you know, when I was doing my art poetry, I Mm -hmm. tell you, I was kind of duplicitous back then. But that was then. Yeah. This is now. I'm a brand new man. Yeah. Well, don't worry about Spud. He always thinks someone is out to get his job. He says he trusts me, but. He's always looking at my phone to see if I'm texting our executive producer, Ms. Lori Madsen. Oh, you're not. That is not super. Uh, no. Oh, well. All right. Well, I should probably thank everybody. Time. Let me thank the panel. We got TJ on the soundboard. Thank you, TJ. No, thank you. Good job, TJ. He's our engineer. Oh, nice job, Derek. Good job to you, too. Sweet work, And I got to say thanks also to Trent and Anna, two interns from Pierce College. Now, now, Give now it we up. got one more song, apparently. We got time Ooh. enough for one more song. Well, let's hear it. This is Spanky McFarlane and Nigel Pickering with their tune, Pass the Doobie, Grandma. Oh, I love uh, this song. Right. And let's do this again next week. I'm Lars. Have a good evening, my friends. in the morning, just about four, put on my shoes, and I'm out the door, life is such a terrible bore, when you're a garbage man, riding on the garbage truck with my little lady, she said, hey baby, you're looking kind of blue, yeah, don't this job ever get to you, Lou, I know, I like this garbage, yeah, Hold on, Nigel. I got just the thing you need. Stock it to me. Here, baby. take a little puff of this funny little weed. Oh, no, I don't. Go on, smoke it. The first one's free. Well, hell of it's free. Thank you. I said, how long do I have to hold it in? Start. Oh, 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 you can let it Start. out now. Oh, let it thank out. you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, if I turn blue, wait for my turn to come out, right? Everything's cool now, ain't nothing wrong. The garbage stinks, but I float along. Singing this happy, happy little song. Pop's too good to be just. For the young. Yeah, pass that movie over here, Grandma. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Audio engineer, On One, at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our intern is Trent Botello. 
Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Copyright 2014 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Be sure to tune in next week at this time for another adventure in broadcast forensics on the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. (laughs) 